Hey, my name is Melissa Bedeen, and I'm obsessed with personal development, body, mind, and soul health, as well as all things business marketing that can help you to navigate all things mystical and messy in this journey called life. See, I am a coffee-addicted mother of two who married my grade 9 boyfriend, and I started my company at the age of 17 with just a $200 Costco massage table and a goal of becoming a healer in mind. Now let's fast track a decade and a half forward as I've pivoted and grown myself from being a brick-and-mortar business as an international healer and psychic medium that loves to use my gifts to help align others on their path. See, I found myself naturally pivoting towards becoming a coach as I've made it my mission to possibly impact the lives of others. But will we shy away from the real chats here? No way. See, I firmly believe that we're all intuitive, but again, the true gift actually comes from listening to this internal knowingness. But since all of our arenas of life may look at a little bit different, I hope to shed some insights on how this can benefit you both personally and professionally. See, I believe we have a mission. No, more of a calling inside of us, but it's up to us whether we choose to use this to benefit not only us, but others as well. As I teach you the tested and true ways to align yourself today, I am inviting you into this time as a friend, having a coffee, chat with the goal of a girl trying to give you some form of mind mapping to skip through the messy and tapping into your own magical. Now I want you to know that you are welcome to the Mom Gun Media and I'm grateful you're here. Hello everyone, so it's Melissa here and I'm so excited to have Ravi Taur here who is a conscious impact strategist who helps companies integrate socially conscious initiatives within their business models to meet demands of the ever-changing needs of this decade's consumer base. Now through triple bottom line solutions and conscious leadership, Ravi helps companies create and execute on responsibility and profitability strategies. She is also the host of her own personal transformation, social responsibility, and creating a global impact through conscious leadership on her show the powerful podcast lit which is lead inspire and transform as a provocative speaker now i want to say a special thank you for joining us today absolutely thank you what a wonderful job you just did there you made me sound really good so thank you <laughs> oh girl you do it all by yourself so i honestly i love always kind of tapping into like how you come into being who you are and like all the different things because like we've been connected for a couple years and i love getting to support you here and having you as a guest i love your messaging i love everything that you're doing and when you had first told me about lit i was like that needs to be a thing that needs to be a thing and i was blessed to be a guest on your podcast and now i'm so grateful to have you over on mine because i definitely procrastinate on launching so it's been a while that we've talked about this so thank you absolutely and it was such a pleasure to have you on i think between you and i just the, the time we've known each other we have such a great dynamic relationship and so the conversation you guys buckle in it's probably going to become like a banter sesh here but it's going to be great because we always have such illuminating conversations that that really trigger and and press on evolution as much as possible right human evolution so very excited to talk to you today I'm so grateful. I know we tend to like pull back the curtains. If there's kids in the vehicle, please know we're probably going to drop some bombs here. So there is the explicit check on my podcast. I'm forewarning as I just want to be as upfront as possible because we get each other. We vibe with this tribe. So we want to welcome you to our conversations and behind the scenes. So when I started to look at all the things that you offered, I know that you started off in corporate and you went through a variety of different things and you jumped over in the world of entrepreneurism. And I'm so proud and high-fiving you on this because I've watched this go for you and you're doing amazing things. Now, would you like to tell our listeners a bit about you and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's such a perfect uh, way that you describe it because it was jumping from corporate into whatever I can do for entrepreneurship to get to where I'm at today. So it hasn't been linear, you guys, but um, yet it has. It's just not something I've experienced as a linear process, but that's how entrepreneurship works. So I was in corporate finance, left corporate finance um, about mid-2017. Saw some issues happening in the world, and that really prompted me to uh, take, a, take a step for myself, but also, you know, to create that freedom for myself and to create that, that space where I could do things. And what I ended up doing was I started off with automation and building, um, building blueprints in terms of processes for businesses, internal infrastructure, if you will, right? So glorified VA, things of that nature, right? <laughs> Basically, if you will. And as I progressed, what I ended up um, finding was I found the passion that I originally wanted to, to move with and found how to I call it serendipitous because I mean, who knew that it would work perfectly for today's 
time, social time as we sit. But I found myself leaning more and more towards um, conscious leadership and and really about conscious business, right? So with the background, uh, just to give your listeners a bit of understanding of who I am, I have a background in corporate uh, and a background in nonprofit and a background in psych, right? So I had a I had a diverse background and I used all of that, figured out where I could fit in, and for me, you know. It's about changing the world, really, and it's about changing humanity for the better and creating better opportunities and possibilities through conscious leadership and through conscious business. And as much as I was an activist of getting like governments to change policies and so forth, the reality that we all know is it's governments, just a bunch of bureaucrats all wasting our time and and doing the thing that they need to do to make sure they still have a seat. And so for me, I realized that, you know what? The, the, power is, the power is with the people and the people, they consume and they're consuming from different companies. And so really it's the companies that make the changes, right? And so the more that I led with that, the more I started to work with companies and realized that there was an opportunity. I found myself calling myself a conscious impact strategist. And today I can tell you that it's, I sit back and think to myself, who would have thunk in 2020, this is exactly what's needed, right? I, I know I saw market gaps and so forth, but the reality is, is I never could have imagined at all that this would be the perfect job that I could create for myself for the perfect time. Honestly, I, I'm so grateful to have you here because I couldn't agree more. There's such lacks in the gaps in all of this that has been missing forever. And like the stuff that we've discussed just privately, I know the passion's been in there. Like I followed you for years. I know when you'd see something, your, your rants would come live and I would always enjoy and root you on because the passion is a fire for you. And so it's not just a job. It is a passion that is a movement that is continued to create rise and movements in others. And so I want to thank you personally for that. I am a very passionate person that really loves seeing other people create change and doing so from their own experiences and what they've adapted with in life. And so that's something you should be really proud of because it really needs to happen. Like, and what she's talking about right now is there's a Black Lives Matter movement going on. And now people are starting to understand, like, and again, I am obviously a paler person, but I am somebody who holds respect for everybody and everything too. My husband is First Nations. I'm not taking anything away from the other movement because I know that there's a specific Black Lives Matter and we are talking about that right now. But I've been advocating for, you know, you know, even racism to reverse racism and just getting those thoughts out there to people to be aware, to just be conscious of what's coming out. And so to have a conversation with somebody who holds so much knowledge and has all the backgrounds that you do, Let's just high fives and just get this ball going because yeah, this man. needs to happen for the awareness of everybody else. Like, um, let's just start on one thing here. We went to the BLM movement in a peaceful protest here in Canada and my parents came with us. My daughters were with us and it was a beautiful experience. Like I want them to see this so that way they're aware. But my dad starts going, all lives matter. And I was just like, whoa, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to pause button and just say <laughs> yes and no, like, yeah. yes but not today. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, right now it is a movement. It is an act and we are not taking away any of their thunder. And so I had to explain thunder to him. And then I had to explain why this is the hashtag that it needs to be for all the respect. And so he was befuddled because my dad is an older generation. If you're ever listening, you were a young 18 in your mind, but your body is another age. So long story short, he starts going and he sees it. And like for him to see it and be a part of it, it's amazing. But for those people who don't do the work, don't do the exercises and actually do like the opportunity of learning it, I find it's almost an ignorance because they're just choosing to side blind. What is the reality here? So I would love to hear your thoughts on this, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you. And so for what I tend to see is that there is more of a, um, we have, you know, so for me, I look at generations, right? And so we've got the baby boomers who are slowly and well, more quickly, especially with COVID, not to sound crass, but let's get real, especially with COVID are really phasing out. And then we've got the Gen Xers, the millennials and the Gen Zs, right? And then whatever generation my kid's going to turn out to be, right? So whatever that is when it pops out, but these are the generations that form society today. And quite frankly, it's the baby boomers who, who uh, either through just 
not understanding or direct directly impacting racism through racism um, upheld a lot of what's been going on in society. And so we're at a position today where Gen Xers and millennials and, and Gen Zs are the ones who have taken over society. I mean, you see the protests, you see the people. I mean, you yourself are a Gen Xer and you are teaching your dad, who's a baby boomer, about these things, right? So the younger generations are really fueling this movement and it really is about Black Lives Matters. And it's, and this is how I put it, it's, it's fair and great to talk about uh, all lives matter because they do. I mean, at the end of the day, when we break this down, it's about oppression and oppression is, is showing up in society on all sorts of levels, right? All sorts. So maybe your, um, your economic status, it may be your co the color of your skin, it may be the uh, demographic that you are a part of. You know, there's different components, but it's all about compression or uh, compression, well, technically, but no oppression, right? Um, and that's what I think society has been built on, really. But when we really go, that's the macro view. But when we go micro, in order for all lives to matter, we have to understand that Black lives really matter. And then we have to understand that Indigenous lives matter. And then we have to understand that, oh, brown lives matter, and so forth and so forth. Because here's the problem. In 2017, you know, that was the last time I went public about... Uh, about my opinions regarding racism. 2017 was the Charlottesville uh, case, right? We are in 2020 and here we are again. And there's been a plethora of incidents since 2017 to 2020 that all involve black men or black people, right? And we see this throughout, um, throughout different nations, throughout different countries. You know, it's, 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 it's there, let's not pretend. And so, when we see something so heinous happen, it should be sending us, like we should be having a visceral response as a humanity that that's happening to human being. But that's not the case. For some, it's happening to a black guy. He must've done it. He must've, he must've something triggered that to happen. And that, that the blinders come up. For some, I can't believe that's happening again for a black person, right? That is also, although that's compassion and, and feeling, you realize, wow, we're here again with this entire experience on another black person, right? And it, the same experience is for me, I believe black lives and indigenous lives are, they're, they're pretty much equal at this point. They, they both experience the absolute worst type of hatred that one race can ever experience, right? And quite frankly, although we are one human race, at this, at this, at this fucking juncture, most people are understanding that there are still races within society and, and, and they classify them as such. So for me, I think that both lives are equal and very important to, to, to distinguish in today's time and to talk about and to be real about because the, the oppression that they face, both of these, um, these demographics is pretty intense, more than we can ever imagine. However, once we start to pay a micro uh, attention to these two, two races, what ends up happening is what you're seeing. Because we're so focused on Black Lives Matters, because we're so focused on Black Lives, we're seeing justice and reform. We're seeing companies. I mean, just today, Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben's, right? all making those changes to what these symbolic changes to their brands by redefining their logos or explaining where this came from and the, the history behind it and being humble to some degree about the change. We're seeing these things take place that is pushing bureaucrats to really reconsider what their position is, right? We're seeing reform, we're seeing business change, we're seeing people change. And I have to tell you that this truly is a revolution that's being televised that has never ever in your or my life ever happened. And I, I th it's, it's because somebody finally said black lives do matter, right? That's, that's the real reason. The oppression that they feel, that they experience on a daily, we will never understand. And um, we must do that first in order to understand that all lives do really, really matter. 
I love everything that you just said, and I couldn't agree more. I know a lot of people aren't aware of history, even like um, I somebody I was doing a podcast with someone, and they were talking about their race, and I was like, I think that's fascinating, and they were talking about their culture, and I was like, I love that, and I was like, for me, like I met my my husband in grade nine. And we had talked about, like we had promise rings and we were all geeky about it. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to actually marry this guy, I should probably learn about his history a little bit because I know about mine. I actually try, I'm German and French. So I actually took French and I took some German because I was like, I should probably know about that. And funny story on that one, but that's, I took the wrong German. There's high German, low German. So I was trying to speak German to my grandparents and they had no clue. So side, side change. And obviously I'm a winner on learning. So I took a first nations class. And when I took it, my mind blue because I didn't know about what the economy had done. I didn't know about residential schools. I didn't know about assimilation. I didn't know about all these things. And the craziest part is the last residential school closed in 1996. Exactly. So we were like generations ago. I'm like, no, no. that's still, no. It's still this eighties baby. Like, like you have to understand that Martin Luther, uh, Martin Luther uh, King, he would have been Barbara, what is it, Barbara Walters age. So yeah. So he, he would have been alive today. He would yeah. have done so much, right? And then when you think about the residential schools, yeah, it's like 60, 50, 60 years, 70 years, something like that, that, it, that this kind of, the rush of all of this started to occur. And then when you think, when you put it into context, the 90s wasn't too long ago. It was just two decades ago that the last school closed. And we're still working on, so many matters and you see like i mean even you know and this is i don't you i'm sure you have worldwide listeners but the wet sweat and territories right it just happened right before covid um and and just the infiltration of what the government and what what companies are trying to do to the lands of 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 indigenous people and so when you think about that and you think about the treaties and you start to break down the history and you look at the 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 serious oppression and you put yourself in that position, A, you'll never understand because you have to imagine the position, but B, you might be able to conjure up some empathy or at least understanding and realize that this is not something that is, um, you know, centuries and centuries old. We're talking, we're talking very, very close to home very, very fresh still. And the reality is, is it will always remain fresh if we continue to do and uphold, do the same things and uphold the same values. I mean, values, quote unquote, right? But the same values and the methodologies to maintain oppression the way that we have on these particular demographics or race. I mean, I, I don't like to use the term race, but Sure, race, but it's really demographic if you think about it, because that's what's up. So I 100% agree. And for those people who don't understand what we're saying with residential schools, like I'm just going to quickly summarize it for you. Our government worked with the Catholic Church to take children from their families, and these children were specifically First Nations. I had a woman go, What is First Nations? My husband's First Nations, which he's Korean Taltan, but there's like Beaver, Metis, all these different ones. And with it, what they did is they take these children and put them on a school. The school would have it so they couldn't speak their native tongue or they'd be burned with a fire poker. They were all shaved, all told to wear the same clothes. They were actually, there's a lot of child molestation stories and I've actually heard them from people who have had this happen themselves from the church. And then it was all covered up. There was a bunch of children that were murdered and these children never got to see their families again. Or if they were lucky, it was on Christmas day and that is it. A lot of them lost their culture, lost all that. And the reason was the government wanted to assimilate them to become more like us Europeans, which breaks my heart. And so like, I had no impact on that, but as like generational ancestral, I send apologies on that energy and I always wanna give a voice to the people. But yeah, I've had people go, well, what is First Nations? Like when we travel the world, because like my husband and I, we love to travel. We take our kids and stuff and we kind of joke, but we have, we're team beige, by the way. So like team beige, our babies are blended and we, we laugh, but we've got like a white one and a brown one. And so like, we just, we love everything about them, their personalities, their traits, but people are like, oh, so are you, because we went to Mexico, they started speaking Spanish to my husband. I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and he's like, no, hablo el español. <laughs> and then when we went to Jamaica, they're like, hey, Jackie Chan, you're Bruce Lee. And I'm like, I think they're talking to you. He's like, 
no. And then I'm like, no, like legit, they're talking to you. Worst part was we were playing bingo at the time. So the stereotype of like the bingo loving first nations, we just giggle about that one because we really do enjoy it. But one of these things is like, they just didn't know our culture. So they're like, what do you mean first nations? And we're like, well, natives. And they're like, what does that mean? We're like aboriginals. And I'm like, they have aborigines. And I'm like, no, that's like Australia. And, I'm, and so my husband's like, like dancing with the wolves, like Pocahontas, like this is my culture. And yeah. so people don't even have that full awareness of the differences of all these cultures and races, let alone the history and what they've gone through and how recent. And so talking about like Black Lives Matter, I find a lot of it, you know, if we read our social studies books in schools, there's an agenda. And the yeah. only reason I learned about this was because there was a specific teacher who was passionate about getting the truth out there. Yeah. So he actually had guest speakers that had been in the residential schools, which is what opened our eyes up. And then these speakers would then recommend what they've learned from other workshops, seminars, and, you know, talks. And then from there, we did our own research and we actually went around and we made sure to get more knowledge. And that's what I want you guys to hear right now is your responsibility to find it for yourself just remember whoever writes a book it's a personal you know perspective and there's an ego to it like whatever that ego you know it's usually not love and light so there's usually an agenda absolutely so i really recommend that we all do that that's a side tangent aside from you know what we were originally talking about but i do find like in movies to whatever we got to just open ourselves up to what is the narrative and who wrote it yeah yeah agreed i couldn't agree more with you and and quite frankly they don't they, they don't teach. And when I say they, you know, the education, the education system has been broken down so much and textbooks have been revised and so forth. And the history is not being taught the way it should be. And so it is up to us to really understand what is, um, what is true and what isn't. And, you know, you highlighted something really great that goes back to the all lives or the black lives or the, you know, what, why not say all lives instead of black lives is when you, summarized, you know, your guys' vacation experience, each place you guys visited had their own kind of stereotypical response of, oh, I'm going to speak to you like Spanish because you look Spanish or, oh, Jackie Chan because you look Asian, right? And, and that's a perfect representation of that's, that's racism. Like it, it's in every, every group, like everybody's got a racist on their, on their, on their team, a hundred percent. And it may be intentional or it may be unintentional right it's all conditioned and learned behavior to be quite frank with you and i i actually um really encourage your listeners to to really understand the the fundamental of this conversation is to go and take a look at um oh, i forgot her name right now but it's a study done by she's very controversial she does um racism studies and teachings and so forth and she took a group of of elementary school kids, very young, young, young kids, and did the blue eye, brown eye experiment with them. And so I would encourage you guys to go and look up the blue eye, brown eye, because it, it's that it's that simplistic of taking blue eyes and pinning them against brown eyes and vice versa. And when you understand the depth of conditioning, understanding, and, and trauma that takes place through that experiment, you start to understand the depth of how much you do not understand and you need to understand more of what's actually taking place in reality in society today and how when you start to stand in solidarity for a black life, you automatically are standing in solidarity for your own life, plain and simple. I could not agree more. And I love that there's like studies out there to further back it and that it's going down into this younger generation. Cause like my daughters, they're so funny. Cause you know, they are, they, we have color in our home, but they'll go and they'll go, okay, so dad's this dark and his cousin's this dark and I'm this light. And I'm like, well, look at your mom. Like we're, yeah. we're just, we're blending. And like, I always kind of joke, but I'm like, the world's going to be beige one day. So like, oh, just put love out there. We're get, And like, I'm a part of that. Like, I am so proud of that, that we're just blending beige out there. But again, it's because I see the soul in, in the people. And I, I think that there's such beauty in just seeing that aspect to everything. And so what you're saying needs to be done because kids see things, but it's how they interpret it. That's always from our condition. So my kids aren't blind, but they don't look at it as anything different other than like, okay, cool. That's an observation. Let's move on. Like that's, that's all it is. And so we don't have a lot of the stigmas because I've, I've made a very big point of like making sure that they're aware and that they're conscious and their wording is kind. Cause like kids are very bold in what they yeah. say publicly. 
and they like to embarrass you when it's the worst timing. And yeah. so note for any parent out there, I do like the Hunger Games salute because my kids have literally said the worst shit in public and they make me look like such a terrible human. And I'm like, I did not teach them that one. So excited for parenting. I cannot wait. Let's just, let's get right to it, eh? <laughs> I know. Ravi, for, for all you listeners out there that can't see, she is blossomed into her second trimester. And so like- Blossomed is a great yeah. word. <laughs> I'm saying this with kindness because we were having a mini chat before and she's like, people lied. There was lies <laughs> that were told. <laughs> Listen, folks, people lie about pregnancy. It is not all that it's made out to be. I'm, I'm going to be that person. I'm going to- I'm, uh, you heard it here. I'm really considering starting a YouTube channel to spread truth and create a revolution around pregnancy itself because it needs to be told, it needs to be had. <laughs> we were having a chat about it and I was like, here's my hacks. Like I'm sending you love and I'm being very real. Do what you want, take what you like, but like I'm not the mom to ever judge or hold up like a, my way is right. I'm just saying this is what worked for me. And I feel like a lot of times that even goes into how we view life too. Like mm -hmm. even going back into the current matters and times, people are like, well, I grew up this way. Like I'm saying this with love, but if my dad's listening, he's very much like, well, when I grew up, like there was a candy that had the N word to it and it was yep. a licorice baby. Yep. And my grandma still has not learned the publicly accepted terms to it. And I really just call it the black candy. Cause I'm like that. I like that one, the licorice. Like I won't use any other word around her because you know, she's throwing down some really negative word out if you like, so we just know like my grandma and grandpa love them, but like they're sexist, racist, and homophobic. I'm a girl, husband's brown, brother's gay. So I'm like, Hey, you're really yeah. offensive. Like I need to like, shh, 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 shh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, and you should be really honest with you. Some, some of those generations will just never change. Right. It takes uh, a, it's not a one and that's, what's important about this time is it's not a one-time conversation. This is an, a forever conversation. This is a, and I had done a, a really like, um, botched live. Let's just talk about that later. Thanks Zuckerberg for screwing up your entire platform when presenting new live streaming options. But nevertheless, I had done a live and it, I labeled it as it's a way of life, right? This is now a way of life and we have, it's our responsibility to uphold it. And I know it's much easier for Gen Xers, millennials, and Gen Zs to do so. And really millennials and Gen Zs, because these guys are, you know, they are driven by their values. Gen Xers are too, except for they've also got the mesh of like, okay, we've got to respect the baby boomers. We've still got to respect that kind of old school stuff. Whereas millennials are like, mm, I don't know. And Gen Xers is like, fuck that. I'm my own being. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And you're seeing these guys. Like, I, I think I was talking to a girlfriend yesterday and I was like, could you imagine recording your parents? us as kids recording our parents saying their racist shit and stuff like that and then putting it on some sort of broadcast and she looked at me she's like girl I'm telling you like I wouldn't even get to record that's how crazy it was you know so there's there's definitely some different levels of evolution there and and boldness there but the reality is is it's our responsibility to uphold this conversation for us for the remainder of our lives because it takes time to understand and it's it's really basic evolution human evolution right it takes time to understand something so think of your think of your healing journey right or think of your spirituality journey you learned a concept then you had to put it into practice first you you had to become aware of it right so you had to be triggered enough to some degree and i i hate using the word trigger now because it's just been bastardized all over the place but let's let's use it in its actual form right so you were triggered enough to want to seek something different right so you sought out spirituality or healing or whatever it is for you and then you learned about whatever that aspect was a bit about it and then you applied it right you applied it in practice so maybe meditation or some manifestation um technique or learning about crystals or something of that nature. And then from there, you went back and you learned some more because something else struck and it's just, it's a continuous experience and evolution and a way of life. And so too is this conversation, right? And so too is this movement. And so too is this revolution. We must accept that the, no longer is there a normal, we are recreating and defining, redefining what normal looks like to us. And through responsibility, integrity, and, and really through, through love, empathy, and compassion, 
that's where we're going to get to because nobody at the end of the day wants to ask whether they're black, white, brown, orange, pink, or blue. And trust me, when you're in the first trimester, pink and blue are a color. <laughs> Just you're going to wear it. But nevertheless, nobody wants to ask, am I next? Like that's the question that gets me, right? Nobody wants to ask that. Nobody should be afraid. We, we, we should be able to, to live the, the freedoms that were granted, right? But not just granted, that, that, that are our basic human rights, right? We are all human. We should be uh, able to be free and have liberties and, and, and live without fear. That's just, just, just a basic human right. Why, why jeopardize that for ourselves, right? So recognizing that it's, it's an evolutionary process is important because I think a lot of people think that this is a conversation for now and then they'll shut down when the movement shuts down or the media shuts it down or whatever. No, no, this is a conversation for you at your dinner table or in your home or you just, it's challenging your biases day in and day out. And as exhausting as that is, guess what, folks? We got a lot of conditioning we need to uncondition break and re redo and i know that a lot of you listeners have had your own reconditioning in different areas of your life and you know how much work it really is but how transformational it is when you start to do the work and it becomes becomes a way of life i love everything that you just said and breaking it down and understanding where those beliefs even stem from because a lot of people they just kind of go oh well that's not us that's not me but then when we actually break down the things that we've heard like even for me i took a program years ago and when you talked about like my spiritual journey and how it kind of adapted 100 percent. i kind of just call it like the tool belt of how we've just grown and then my recommendation for anybody who's building their own tool belt is make a signature package make a signature offer off of what you've done but for me i ended up taking four levels of deep cellular healing and that's actually under understanding what are the beliefs that I've taken on and what are these limitations and how are they actually, you know, holding you back in this life? Like whether it's fears to, you know, actual opinions to whatever else. And then understanding, is it even yours? Yeah. So for example, looking at generational, cultural, religious, society, like looking at what we learned in school. I learned that the social studies that I have in school was a person's bias. This person mm -hmm. usually had something to do with the government. The government usually has their own opinions. And so then I was like, hey, wait, what if I read some bio that was printed at that time that talks about the actual situation? So like the Anne Frank documentaries of the world, like looking at how to find people who have gone through it and their experience. So I recommend you guys do your research on this and then understand when you hear this, there's some triggers, as you had said, those words will come up, but it's one of those things on how you react. That's what I want you to understand. If you're getting defensive to what we're saying, please know that's something that maybe you're mirroring because there's something within you that needs just a little bit more love to go through that process. I'm not saying be unkind to yourself in this because maybe you didn't know better. Maybe you still hold the same respect for your parents, but it's just understanding that we as a society can come together from love, from growth, from opportunity in this. And it shouldn't be a conversation that gets hushed over a period of, oh, well, you know, slowly this will die down and then the next thing will come up. I 100% agree. This is something that I advocate for often because I do believe that there is an opportunity for each race to have its moment to come through and shine. Like when we went to the BLM movement for the Black Lives Matter, there was this Filipino man who stood up and he's actually like his cultural representative in our community. And he said, I want to personally say, we all love you and we all welcome you to our community. And it was just so beautiful to see a representative of another culture to just acknowledge their culture and to just see the love come through that because we don't have to say all loves all lives matter. It's just giving credit and opportunity and a voice for the people who've been hushed for so long. Yeah. And so I love what your movement is. I would love to talk to you a bit more about what does conscious leadership look like in today's social climate for like how you're bringing it into the workforce and into yeah. corporate. Absolutely. So for me, what I noticed back in 2016 was there was a massive uh, market gap, right? So there was a change in the way society was starting to think. And so and that started with Gen Xers. And so what I was seeing was they were actually making radical uh, changes in, in, in the time it was corporate finance, right? So I was working with 
investments and they were actually divesting from traditional funds and investing into what's called uh, socially responsible investments or SRIs, right? So they wanted out of like warfare and gold and mining and things of that nature, heavy industry, and they wanted to go into renewable, um, more ethical kind of funds of that nature. And I thought, well, geez, this is, this, is not a, this is not a trend, even though I was told it was a trend, right? So as I started to research, I realized that these are the guys who are also now moving into ownership, business ownership, right? So think about the type of owners you typically think of, of CEOs, right? You're thinking about, let's get real, um, tight suits, right? Dark suits, uh, they're not so tight, but dark suits, um, white guys, 60s, super damn rich, right? conglomerate of different companies that they hold and so forth. That's the majority of what we've been used to uh, experiencing, except for now we're seeing, and even yourself and myself, just younger and younger generations coming up in the business world as CEOs. And now I look at a diverse group of CEOs and most of them are because they're young, they bring a new set of values and a new set of experiences. And so what we've been used to in leadership is the traditional leadership, which is more uh, dominating, right? It's it's really fear-based and you you knew there was a boss, there was a hierarchy and you just, you respected the, the hierarchy and you did the next right thing and that was that, right? But today with these younger CEOs, there's a lot more of a relaxed experience, right? There's responsibility, there's integrity, there's innovation. They want, they want, they're, they're coming from really a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, right? So there's stark differences. And with that, they also bring values that are quite different. So the beginning, it used to be starting a business to make money and to, and to just really get rich. Let's get real. Well, now it's about, um, creating impact, right? So for-profit businesses are actually being led by CEOs who not only want to create for-profit, but they also want to do something with that profit. They want to change the world in some way, whether it's like creating a renewable car or whether it's donating certain amounts of monies to, to, um, food banks or some sort of mission, it's mission-based and it's value-based, right? And that's the massive change. And so what I do is I work with leaders who are used to the traditional leadership forms, right? And help them develop the conscious leadership more because we all have it within us, but also those who are already conscious leaders help them really solidify and define themselves as the thought leaders that they're meant to be. And that's that's kind of the transition is from conscious leadership. You then become a thought leader like yourself or myself who then put ourselves out on a platform and say, this is what I think, this is what's important. And this is, this is what I'm going to stand for. I think that's so important to know. And the other thing is now being aware of it. Like I've noticed that that trends become more yeah. prominent. I actually like to invest in those companies myself. So when I look at memberships, when I look at programs, courses and stuff like that, who are these people and what do they stand for is usually yes. what I'm looking at. And yes. so I've taken so many different trainings out there. And in that I've actually started to really look at like, would I personally want my name behind that as like a backer? Like that's exactly. how I try and look at everything. Exactly. And, and you, if you really do the research. Right. And you really, you really hit the nail on the head. So with that conscious leadership of that kind of that, the leaders changing, what's also becoming prominent is the buyer demographic, right? So again, it's the baby boomers are phased out. We've got the Gen X, the millennials and the Gen Zs and the Gen Zs are actually the, the big consumers um, of this market. And what they, that's the question you guys are all asking is, do I align with this company? Do I want to do this? Do I want to put myself, do I want to represent, right? Like, and it's important to understand that because that's what that's how you change the world, right? Because we really do change the world as crazy as it sounds by putting your purchase power into companies that are actually doing big things. And so for me, I look at companies and I say, and that's conscious business, right? So then we transition from conscious leadership into conscious business. And what I do there is I say, okay, you know what, for conscious business, how are we going to, because it's all about profit, right? Let's get real. They need to make a profit to be able to make a change in the first place. How are we going to maintain profit while really shifting and changing and impacting the world? What can you do? And, and that, you know, that's what I kind of work on. And that's how I, I work with these companies, build up strategies and initiatives to, to make sure that they are corporate citizens who really are out there changing the world, both socially and environmentally, and 
most definitely uh, economically. I love that. And like, I think that's something that people are underrated on. Like it's, it's, we might even be doing it without even fully realizing it. Like for me, as soon as you started talking about like having an understanding, I'm like, how long have I been aware of that? Like, and then I started to realize, you know, when you go to buy a can of tuna and you look, is it dolphin friendly? That's one way. And then animal testing, like I would only purchase like my makeup through non-animal testing companies. And then I started to do more research and I started to find like, there's so many things that old me was just like, yeah, whatever's the cheapest or whatever I was quick to buy or whatever. And now it's like, nope, that's not what I align with that. I would rather pay the additional to support somebody who has a proper meaning and a goal going forward. And so like, whether it's teachers to facilities to memberships to hosting platforms to whatever i think it's important to be able to understand what you're supporting in a whole and that's where i want everybody to understand you do your own research for what you are, are like aligned in and what you want to learn more on and what your passion is because i find there's so many niches out there or niches depending on who i'm talking to right now but i want you guys to be able to do this because a lot of times we get stuck in an old mindset but it is actually that simple it's just being aware and doing more on that and that's how you are creating a change and an impact because slowly if you start only investing in companies that are holding the same core line values for the good you're going to notice the other ones are slowly going to go away or oh, they're yeah. going to change. and that's right. what we want. that's the goal here that's exactly how it works and so you're watching like and a perfect a perfect example of this is back when colin kaepernick took a knee right so let's let's just use a really blatant example Colin Kaepernick took a knee while well, everybody hated that. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people hated that, right? And so he got booted out of the NFL and all this beautiful stuff that really sucked for him and everybody thought things were going to go back to normal. Well, Nike was like, fuck that. Hey, Colin, come on over here. We're going to put on a full paid ad. They used their ad, their ad spend, put on that commercial and the like Americans especially went not so they're burning the Nike material and blah, blah, blah. Here's the kicker. Here's the best part. When they did that, when Nike ran that ad, regardless of what you saw, it actually gave them a 31% revenue increase in that year. And now let's fast forward to 2020. Back then, Nike was the only one who stood up and, and said something. Today, on the same day that Nike releases their Black Lives Matter statement on their website, so does Reebok, so does uh, Adidas. And now these companies like Reebok, Reebok is dropping CrossFit for being, you know, derogatory and so forth, right? Like companies are understanding that if we want to stay alive in this social climate with the generations who hold the money, who say, you know what, you don't really align with what I stand for. So I'm just going to go over here. When they, when they realize that that's actually what's taking place, companies are not stupid. Bureaucrats, well, that's a whole nother conversation we can have on a different day, but companies are not stupid. They're in business to be in business and they're going to make the changes accordingly or they're going to definitely feel the wrath. And so, you know, they don't want to lose business. They want to only gain business. They want to make money and they want to stay rich and they want to make changes and all that stuff. And that requires them to change with society, change with the trend. And that's the worst word to use, but the trend, keep their hand or their pulse on the trend and so forth. So when you think about what you're buying, and I know like a lot of your listeners are are experiencing this. There's like everything from eco-friendly to, you know, like I've been just learning these, excuse me, ladies, but I'm just learning these terms, but crunchy friendly moms. I'm, I'm, I'm learning all these things, right? Granola. But, yeah. <laughs> that granola. And so all of these things have different byproducts, right? So you might be wanting an eco-friendly uh, detergent or you want, um, you, you don't want, uh, certain oils used in your product or you don't want chemicals in your baby's um in your baby's mattress like these are the things i'm buying right and i'm willing to spend that extra dollar for for a mattress that has zero chemicals that is uh, uh that can be recycled at the end of its use that you know that that isn't going to leave a carbon footprint as much as possible right and I'm willing to spend that extra money on diapers that I can recycle in some way that that's biodegradable. You can't really recycle right. diapers, but you know, so the, with all of these things adding up each one of us, so there's you, Melissa, there's me, there's definitely at least 20 of your listeners, if not more. And I guarantee you there's more that are all considering the impact of their purchase. Like I, this, this is what I prefer. The more that we do that, 
the more that we change the world and, and it's possible. It's, it's very possible. And I won't go on to the tangent, but COVID showed us or really did show us how it was possible. As soon as COVID happened, the economy shut down and we saw a uptick in greenhouse emissions being reduced and just rapid changes in a matter of two months, three months for some places, right? And that tells you a lot, right? I am, I'm, I'm absolutely of the school of thought that if the whole world, 7 billion people stopped buying in a 24 hour period, we would change the entire fucking world like that. And, and there would be only more and more things that would come out of it as, as that happens because we are a capitalist society. That's just what's up. hundred percent. And like, I would love to hear your thoughts on ways that companies and people like ourselves creating our own entrepreneur opportunities too, really could improve themselves on learning more about this. Like what would you recommend for some tips here? Oh yes. Okay. So this is so cool. I'm so excited for this one. So you know, one of the things that I always make uh, companies aware of, and really just anybody, is there are, there's actually a, a, a target, that, a set target that people should be aware of, and that's the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, right, or the UN SDGs for short. There are 17 goals that basically go from poverty to peace, justice, and institution, right? And so back uh, a few years ago, I think it was like 2000, you know what, I'm going to screw up the date, so I'm going to stop right there, but a few years ago... <laughs> <laughs> Let's not shoot my credibility right away there. Uh, they had uh, some millennial goals and those goals were the millennium goals. Those were just goals like they were targets of a hopeful achievement, right? But because we have transitioned so rapidly into what is not to scare you guys, but a really kind of like crazy time. Think about it. Look out your window 2020. Hello, right? The reality is, is the world is kind of going to shit in on different levels. And so they the UN, which is the standard, international standard, um, dropped these goals and said these are actually targets that we need to meet in order for us to reduce emissions, to heal humanity, to make sure people are are healthy and happy and, and well, right? And so, and animals and so forth. And so there are 17 different goals that, that everybody can get on board with, right? And so when you look at these goals, you think to yourself, and they're so diverse and dynamic, right? It's not just like, okay, let's, let's improve, um, let's improve, let's improve the land or let's improve the life on land or life on in water kind of a deal. Well, that has an array of things that you can, that you can take a look at, right? Or let's, let's take a look at the poverty, no poverty. Again, there's an array of things that can happen there. So are you going to donate to food banks? Are you going to help um, protect the, the coral reef? Are you going to sign up with the company ocean, um, the ocean, I forgot what their ocean five or something of that nature. I was going to say ocean 11, but that's a movie. So that's wrong. But are you going to partner with that company and start buying their bracelets so that they can clean up more of the oceans, right? Are you going to um, stop going to your local zoo? I know that's a real heartache for people of like, what? Not go to the zoo? Well, I mean, that, let's talk about Black Lives Matter and oppression. I mean, you want to talk about the lion being stuck in the cage. I mean, that's another thing. But the reality is, is what are you, what steps are you going to take? Are you going to, reuse more, recycle more. So that's just on a personal level, right? And I think everybody gets that. But when you look at those targets, the UN, uh, United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, the 17 targets, you start to take a look at a broad spectrum of things that you could really invest in, in terms of your values. And you see that there's a lot you can do. For companies and for entrepreneurs, it gets even cooler. So because we're for profits, right? especially for digital entrepreneurs, because there's such a low overhead, there's a lot more that you can do versus a brick and mortar where there's a lot more infrastructure, there's a lot more overhead, right? But nevertheless, if you're a brick and mortar, you've got a lot more money uh, probably producing. And so you you can make that, that, um, that change. For me, I don't think donations and philanthropy cut it anymore. I think that was lip service for back in 2008 and up until today. I think that that's where that stays. That's my personal opinion. I think if you're going to make an impact as a company, you need to create an initiative and make a real impact, right? Like you need to do a real thing. And so you look again at those United Nations Sustainable Development Goals and you take a look at what is most important to you. And I always say, start simple, right? Do not overcomplicate things. It is as simple as taking a look at 
what you do on a daily. And so for us, we use a lot of internet. Um, there's a lot of paper being used. There's, I mean, there's different components that are being used, but I would say that there is, there, we do uh, have emissions that we, we put out there. So for me, automatically, what's the quickest way to reduce emissions? Now you might not know, and you might need to work with a strategist like me, or you might know, and you might be like, well, I think I need more trees, or we need to cut it out of the air. Well, let's figure out how we can plant more trees, right? And so there's, there's that concept. Or you think about, well, I really want to uphold the uh, reducing inequalities in my, in my company. Well, take a look at how diverse your company is. And really, it's not only just about color, but is it balanced with male and female? Is it balanced with young and old? Because, I mean, let's get real, both old and young need jobs. Is it, is it just balanced? And is it fair? Is it equitable, right? Or, or is everybody just like a fucking slave in your job, in your business and working their tail off to get to basically nowhere land, right? And so when you look at these goals and you really get simplified, you pick one to three based on your values, and then you narrow that down to one and you start to build off of that, you can create massive impact in such small ways that really not only I mean, let's get real. Not only is it a great PR strategy, but also it is so, um, it's just, it breeds more. You want to do it more. Other people see it more. I mean, here's a perfect shout out. I purchased a, a diaper bag from Moon Bun Baby, right? It's a, it's a European company. So I purchased a diaper bag from them. And as soon as they, they're an online e-commerce business, right? Obviously. And so I purchased it put in the order, all's good. I get an email from them. Thanks for your purchase. And then I get an email from them. Hey, this is from Tree Nation. It's the partner, it's the company they've partnered with. We've, uh, you've purchased and now Moon Bun Baby has given you a tree to plant. Here's your forest, right? Very simple stuff. So each customer that purchases plants a tree. I mean, that's real fucking good for the world. Let's get real, right? I love that. And then all those little things, they add up. Like I know 10 tree, I love buying their stuff because 10 trees get planted for every item. The shoes where you buy a pair of shoes and another one is donated to a country that has need. Like I agree with that. I love that. And I think a lot of people miss the point that they can actually make a difference. Like they're like, well, you know, I don't have that much opportunity or whatever. I kind of call BS because yes. we all can make a difference and it depends on your commitment to it. And yes, yeah, some companies totally use it as a PR opportunity. For and sure with like, I worked at an oil field company and they would give us a budget and the budget was basically for PR stints. And my mom and I both worked at this company and we actually used that for good. And we would pick companies that were really close to our hearts, so like Women's Resource Center or whatever, but we actually would volunteer at the Salvation Army. And we did every, I think it was like every month and a half, like every six weeks, we went to my whole family. I dragged my husband, my, my dad came and we would make lunches for everyone there. And you had to make a hundred meals, which the budget on average for a hundred meals is about $500. And that's a good meal. That's a really good meal like that's actually like a vegetable that's the meat the protein the bread and then that actually has like all the things plus a dessert because these guys they deserve a dessert so exactly. we would show up and we would cook it prep it plan it do it and then the big corporate would send a photographer take a picture and that was whatever but they funded it and so for them there's a way that you could do it if you want to get your hands dirty or if you don't but the idea is you can make a difference because we knew that every time we went we had at least 80 people to 100 and some people and we always made extras and then the leftovers would get repurposed and like we got to know the community more and just that little difference made empathy grow not only on me but like we'll put stigmas to different things and you don't know unless you've been there so i feel you can't even have an opinion until you've done some work in that field and have a, a better understanding and so culturally it just it opens the doors to to just get to hold a better appreciation and relationships and i've met amazing people by doing that like amazing people yeah absolutely and I, I couldn't agree more i think and that goes back to my idea of philanthropy i really don't think philanthropy works because you gotta you gotta understand you've got to really understand and i won't go into who typically runs uh philanthropic um organizations but it's not the people from the bronx or the people from the ground you know what i mean it's usually more higher upper class individuals with money that's the whole way they get the, the get it started and for me 
if you're not a part of the community, you have no idea, right? And being part of the community breeds more community. It's contagious. This whole movement is very contagious. And the more it happens, the more it happens. Think about the communities you're involved in in your own life as a listener, right? What type of communities are you involved in? How much do you feel a part of that? And when you attend these communities, how much more do you want to attend and, and do more and so forth, right? It's, it's just really contagious. And when you start to do the little things, and I agree, I call BS if you think you can't, because you can. It starts very small, very simple. And let me tell you, you just need to reach out to me if you don't even know. I won't charge you a single cent. I will help you figure it out for your life, right? Like that's, it's more of a passion than it is a business. And sometimes that's scary to say, but the reality is, is I know that it's possible because I've done it, Melissa's done it, and, and many have done it. And so just start small and, and see where it takes you. And as a company, same thing, start small, see where it takes you. And if you aren't sure, hire someone who actually is sure mm -hmm. to get the job done right. Because the other kind of the other side of things is that depending on what industry you're, you're in, there's different terms. But really, when you pull that lip service situation and you start to do initiatives but you don't do the critical assumption and Pepsi's a great one and you run an ad with Kendall Jenner who's running you know you're you're trying to stand in solidarity for shit but like what for for what come on get your shit together that was a really bad commercial you didn't think it through when you when you produce things of that nature they have it they can blow up in your face and really cause more harm than good and so if you're not sure just, just like everything else, right? You, you want to hire an expert at that to make sure that you, you don't fall flat on your face. But as individuals, you know, try it, try it. You don't have the same ramifications as, as a big company. You're not in the public eye as much. And I will tell you that you'll probably do a fine ass job at your first attempt and want to do more and more. I couldn't agree more. Like everything that you're saying, I'm so grateful for it because it needs to be talked about and it's not, this is not yep. a common niche. And so like, I am grateful that you, like, this is just watching your transition to over to this from when we first met years ago. I am so glad because you're right. And like, I, my whole reason for doing what I do is I found there was a lack in helping people connect to their intuition, which was where people then consider like consistently were searching for external validation. And I want people to connect into that for a sense of purpose and pride. And why is that my passion? Because my little sister passed from a fentanyl drug overdose and in a roundabout way, she didn't have the proper supports and she didn't listen to her gut on who she should have trusted and who she shouldn't have trusted to how to even like invest in herself and even the doctors that rooted against her and continuously gave opioids to all those different things. So like I speak on it because I want to give the power back to the people. I don't want you to consistently and others and I want you to understand that you need to find your mission and that's from your experiences that's from what you've gone through what you believe in and I want you to make that your purpose in your business if you're like lost and you're like am I eco am I looking for find what you're passionate about that was my biggest hit in my life and I am now so passionate that I created a podcast based on just getting a voice out there for free to people to consume to help maybe support you or give you a moment of clarity or to give an opportunity and to have guests like Ravi on here who can share her passion and to hopefully trickle that into more opportunities for you guys to grow which is why she created her podcast because it was close to her heart and that's where I want you to find that voice find that voice within you guys find that opportunity for you to continue to make it something that will create a ripple. And when you create a ripple, you create a movement and that movement can go as far as you push it. It's just up to you. And so I want you all to know that this isn't just a BLM movement. This isn't an all lives matter movement. This is a movement for you to find an opportunity to support, to grow, to get better and to get more insights because I am a forever student. So I'm not pretending I know everything on every culture or any topic. I don't. I know that I'm going to just say, I don't know everything, but I will continue to try. I will continue to support. I'll continue to try and become better. And that's how I'm showing up right now. I don't know how everybody feels. I don't know, you know, if I'm stepping on a toe here. And if I am, I send you love and that's not my intention. But my goal is to bring more opportunity, insight and in people. And so if you have a conflicting, you know, opinion from something that I've said, send me a message. Let me know how to get better and support you. Let me know what I can do to become more of an opportunity to just give you a voice. And that's the platform that needs to be shared for others. And so 
please hear the opportunities here for everybody that we all have gone through something in our life. And it's up to us to find that empathy, to connect with others and to make the change that we're searching for. I've read so many times now, but entrepreneurs are the ones that are making the changes. When you were talking bureaucrats, I don't look for policies and movements and signing things. I'm like, how am I able to create that ripple, to create a movement, to create an impact? And it's honestly by getting our voices out there and doing what you were talking about and like speaking and using social media and creating that you know opportunity to be heard but also coming from a place of knowledge on it too like not just like i fight for this well, why like why yeah, <laughs> what is an actual opinion on it right and I, I i just i love how you put it to to your listeners but also just generally like it it makes a lot of sense that it is about you at the end of the day it's really about you no matter what the movement is it's about you and it's about evolving as an individual and really standing up for what's important for you and it is entrepreneurs who are making that change for for the world and when we look at when we look at the systems it's 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 pretty obvious i mean anybody who's been sleeping under a rock for the last like 100 years time to wake up. But I think everybody's aware of the fact that this is how it is. And so to really create change, you have to do it by yourself. And so why not do it for yourself by standing up for yourself by yourself, right? It sounds like a dichotomy a bit, but it's not because at the end of the day, this is about being, um, being a conscious creator in your life. And we talked about the ripple, even on my episode or my show, you and I talked about the ripple effect, right? Think about that drop. You are that drop of water and think about the different levels of, of rippling that happens when you drop into the water. And the reality is, is, is at this point, everybody's gone through trauma, right? Like every single person on this planet, animal and being has gone through trauma of their own type and no trauma is greater than the other and so it's about really extending stories really extending experiences and really connecting and becoming a part of humanity once again not this divisiveness that we've been taught over and over we are the people we are the power we create the change it's time to take our fucking power back you know i feel like that's a mic drop moment so i just want to <laughs> let you take take that moment because like yes yes and yes, like, oh my God. And really just hear it guys, hear what you need to hear out of this episode and hear the inspiration on where it hits for you. Like whether it's mental, emotional, physical, or spiritual, I want it to hit for you somewhere. And I want you to take this and do something with it that resonates for you and start to really understand that if you're holding back or playing small, is it actually out of fear of judgment or fear of whatever? And if so, why? And that's where we're going into like the generational beliefs, cultural, ancestral, society, religious. And that's where I held myself back. Like I played it yeah. small and I didn't come out of my spiritual closet for so many years because I have so many religious family members and I didn't want to offend or scare them off. And after the loss of my sister, I did just say, fuck it. I can't, I can't hold this in anymore. I need everybody to understand that we are all individuals that can do everything that I do. You can do. I'm not somebody that thinks I'm better than anyone. I'm the first to say that I screw up and I am somebody who will also take that opportunity to find what is my soul's lesson from that. Like, how can I grow, adapt, and be better? And so when people talk about sitting on a pedestal or whatever, who put who on a pedestal? I don't. Nobody, we're all the same level. So when yeah. we look at it that way, I think it's amazing when you can find brands to invest in, beliefs to support in, cultures to give opportunities to, and even like who I hire and stuff like that. I look at that too. Like my photographers, I have some favorite photographers who are like, fully supported for the gay movement movements. And like, I love that. I love that they've picked a niche, they support it, it's social, it's out there. And then I love that like my VAs are all over the world. And like, I have all these people that I'm trying my best to just make sure my team represents me. And I want you to understand that it is those simple little acts and like this makeup that I buy and everything, now I'm aware. I was completely oblivious. And then I look back at like some of those little lip traps that you wear as a kid. And I'm like, that was probably tested on a monkey. I feel terrible. So I'm like, I am sorry for, you know, all those things. And then clear that, like, don't carry guilt moving forward either. And so I'm just going to say this one little tidbit. And this is like my spiritual little hack on this, but there's the Hopopono, which is like the forgiveness acts. And it's actually like a Hawaiian prayer. And so 
going into it, it's actually just understanding we can take this and adapt it to any form of our life, but it's actually removing our ego to it. And it's saying, thank you. I love you. I forgive you. And I'm sorry. And like, when you do that, you're actually learning a spiritual lesson and you're letting it go from yourself. You're not owning it, carrying it, and you're not going to carry it forward into future generations. So even with my children, I want them to be a part of everything. Like even with COVID, I've explained things very explicitly, but then I'm also like, you're still a kid. You need to be a kid. I'm not going to let you be swarmed in. With Black Lives Matter, we were right downtown with the March. They made their own posters. They had no clue until we got there, the full idea and extent of it. And then my one daughter was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Black Lives Matter. And I was just like, good, it's hitting her because we're, we're bringing it in for them. So like, even if you don't know what you're doing on your own level or you have a business or you don't have a business, look at how you're carrying beliefs forward for your children. And remember, I'm gonna go back to the Hobopono, but thank you, I love you, I forgive you, and I'm sorry. And then just learning what your life lesson is. Cause some of us can be pretty stubborn and I'm just throwing up my hand here that it takes a little opportunity for me to actually open up on some of my old beliefs and saying, hey, I could be better from that because maybe I didn't grow. For so sure. I want to say a massive thank you, Ravi. And how can our people find you? Because you've thrown it out there that if they have questions and how to support them and like really get to utilize you in your business and, and get to really build themselves with your mission, how can they find you? Super simple, you guys. I have really reduced uh, as much as possible so that it's one place. Come to my website. It's www.rabi, R-A-V for Victor, I-T-O-O-R dot C-O, co, not com, co. And come on over there. Not only do you guys, uh, will you guys find the resources that you need um, to help you kind of navigate through these times and structure things in a way that's most aligned for you, but you can contact me and I would love to get on a call with you and find out, you know, what your values are, what your mission is and how, if anything, I can give you some ideas on, on where to start and what to do. Right. And, and, and create your impact in a meaningful way. Uh, so please guys take her up on that. I've literally loved and supported and worked with Ravi before. And I highly recommend, I actually really recommend your podcast as well. So podcast to podcast, if you're already listening, you already know the drill, but where can they find that? Absolutely. So again, you can go to my website and it'll be under podcasts or you can find lit it's lit L I T lead inspire transform on Apple stitcher, Spotify cast guest box. So like basically all the main platforms you guys can go. We did produce season one and then COVID hit and we got a little screwed a little bit. So we're going with season two uh, shortly, but it's, it's definitely worth the wait. I will tell you guys, just like Melissa said, the, onset. Uh, Melissa's show is real clean. I'm going to put that out there real clean comparative to mine. Mine has a lot more explicit language and maybe some radical ideas. So I would not have the kids in the room unless you are totally for potty mouths growing up, which you know, I'm for. So <laughs> I just gonna, we, we are an intelligent bunch folks, but uh, you can find me on all the major platforms um, or just head over to the website and there's a podcast spot and we'll hook you up with a player that's right for your device right there, right then. Perfect. And so for those of you who couldn't see, we both held our hands up on the potty mouth mom. So like I'm the F-bomb dropping kind of mom, but the idea is you do what's right for you. I highly recommend you check her out. I want to say a special thank you for joining us today, Ravi. Thank you for having me. I think this was such a fun conversation and thank you guys for sitting through this and listening to us banter back and forth, but really listening to the ideas that I hold and, and, and having an open uh, mind to it. You know, it's, it's not easy to always listen to someone's point of view. And I know mine's a little bit sharp and radical, but thank you for really giving me the space and time to talk to you guys and for hearing me out. I am so grateful. Thank you for listening. And thank you again for being here today, Rav. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. Hello. Okay. So we vibe with our tribe and I wanted to let you know that I'm over here doing a special shoulder shimmy celebrating you as an action taker. So I hope you know that I am doing a coffee cheers in your honor for joining us here today. And since we are now gal pals, I would love a small favor from you and would love to have you leave us a review. I don't ask for them to be staged. You can be completely honest and I would love to get to hear what you enjoyed, what your favorite takeaway was, and maybe just what you would like to know further more on because if I don't know it, I'm very honest and I will do my best to bring you some support in there. Thank you again and have a great day.